Welcome to Happy Inside. It's Michelle here, bringing you 11 years of clinical experience in gut-focused therapy and embodied psychotherapy. We're talking about the emotional, behavioral and psychological aspects of gut disorders, chronic conditions, chronic stress and anxiety. All those conversations you've been waiting to have are happening here. I am so excited because I have got an incredible guest for you today. Before I introduce her, let me just say, this was a conversation that we had from Australia to Spain. I'd never recorded, you know, a conversation before with more than just me. Um, so you'll notice that there is a difference in sound quality when we get into the actual conversation, but you'll soon forget about that when you hear the content. Oh my goodness. This is somebody I wish that I'd met a few decades ago and her work is precisely for you. She's a personal chef and holistic food coach specializing in autoimmune protocols, sugar addiction, sugar detox, and most food elimination eating plans. Is she not just a godsend? Oh my goodness. She partners with her clients and their doctors and practitioners to bring joy to even the most strict dietary protocols. I mean, imagine this, an elimination diet that you can still find joy and participation in. I am so excited to introduce you to Cece Consalvo. Let's get stuck into the conversation. Oh, I've, I've so been looking forward to today. Um, oh, so much because, yeah, I, you know, when we spoke the first time, oh, my gosh, I think there's just so much overlap between our work. Oh, and goodness. Um, oh my goodness and actually it was quite funny when I think about it because it was just you know apart from learning about each other's work that conversation was a lot of me saying oh my god I love everything you do and you saying oh my god I love everything you do yeah yeah it's kind of like you're in this sort of I mean you know this sort of place of you know like you mentioned in the beginning with your work that you created something that didn't exist Yes. You know, and I would imagine that it takes a lot of your sort of energy and focus to fuel in and you feel quite unique, but also maybe sometimes a little lonely in that as well. You know, like I'm the only one sort of doing this. And um, and I, I suppose you need that tunnel vision sometimes to kind of have the vision to, to really dig it out and, mm. and connect with people. So when when we met, I was like, oh, my God, she's like one of the the dwellers of this, this world that we're in and, and she gets it. And, you know, yes. it, it was one of those sort of eureka moments. So I cool. so agree. And I love that too, like this world that we're in, because it is, it is a world, you know, like it's, you know, people living with um, chronic health conditions, gut disorders, um, and wildly restricted diets yes. um, do live in, unfortunately, what feels like a very small world, right? It can get sure. really, really small. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been saying to myself since we first met, where have you been my whole life? Where have you been <laughs> for all of our lives? Because, oh, you're just like a... A piece of gold. <laughs> it's that, just that's, it's funny. The feeling is so is so mutual. It really is. Um, it's interesting. It's like this map, right? And I'm I'm kind of here doing my thing, and you're over here doing your thing. Yeah. And I'm like, here are all the clients we're affecting. Yeah. And it to me, it's like, how do we sort of bring all this together, sort of full circle, if you will? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I was um I was doing some. I love your website. I was doing some reading. I want to kind of read out. Um, uh-oh. This is really succinct, I think, about you. It really captures, obviously, what you do. 
what your specialty is and and I think what is going to be so exciting for so many listeners to hear. Um, but it captures your essence, I think, as well. In it. I love it. Great health begins in the kitchen. I'll create a personal support program with eating plans, meal services, and emotional eating support, along with manageable goal setting that will fill you physically and inspire you spiritually. Oh, oh. wow. I just, my heart sings when I hear that, even right down in my stomach, you know, my belly. I just go, wow, this is. It's so precious because I know from my own personal experience, but also, you know, my clients that it can feel like a really lonely world and a very small world when your diet gets restricted. Um, And it it doesn't just restrict food. It restricts um, how you feel about your connection to others and your capacity to socialize, even just enjoyment and pleasure, right, which we get a lot from food. Um, and, and this really, you know, comes back to your career, right? Because you, you built a career, like you were saying, um, about me, I mean, you're a personal chef and then tell me again about that. I want to, I want to hear that story because I love it. Oh my God, Michelle. First of all, thank you so much for that. Just amazing awareness that you, you, so, you know, you just have it. And uh, I appreciate you shining some of it on me. That, that was really lovely. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in being a personal chef, it, it was kind of like what you're describing in a sense, you know, there's, there's so many um, emotional components, um, isolating mm. uh, social components with uh, the clients that I was sort of dealing with. Right. And here I was, this sort of young chef, just wanting to please people and kind of like, hey, I'm going to make this dinner for you. And then I sort of realized quickly that um, that food was one aspect and it was getting people to become aware of how they were feeling, right. you know, when they, when they changed what they were eating. So if I go back to the very beginning and I was called upon, you know, as a chef to say, can you cook for this woman? Um, She's this, she's that. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she goes, oh, by the way, she can't have this list of 42 ingredients right now. We're trying to not have her have these things. And then, you know, the alarms go off, like what, what's this all about? And I'm sort of being pulled into this thing that I didn't really know what it was all about in the beginning. I just knew I love to cook and tiny bit of my background is that, you know, I did cook for my mom when she was terminally ill when I was younger, like 15, 16. Mm. So I had that sort of um, knowing that when people weren't well, that food can be really supportive and Mm. help them heal. Mm. So that's all I kind of went in with. But then as I kind of got into this world of, you know, here's the ingredients that the client loves then there's the ingredients that the client avoids because they're bad. You know, mm-hmm. these are the bad ingredients I want to avoid. But then there's this whole other aspect of what the nutritionists and the doctors want me to have. Mm, right. And I'm kind of struggling and this this tug of war. And, you know, when I think about it, and I thought a lot about talking to you today and thinking mm. about your sort of relationship to all of this, there was such a psychological component. It was there. Oh. It was obvious. It might not have been obvious for the client, but eventually what I think begins to happen is that, you know, of course, there's these fireworks of back and forth. I don't like this food. It does this to me. And I Mm. I love that. Can I have more of that? Well, that has a little bit of sugar in it. And you really shouldn't have so much of that. Mm. And so there's this sort of um, explosion of different emotions Mm. and ideas as they start to um, dig in, literally. I think what begins to happen is they get some sort of clarity for the deeper thing that's going on within them, whether it's autoimmune, whether it's psychological. Um, And I, you know, of course, we'll let you speak more to that. Mm. But from, from my end, if, if all I did was sort of help people realize that if they ate a certain way, they'd feel a little bit better and then they could gain some clarity about connecting the dots in their life. You know, whether it was the stressors or the behaviors, Mm. you know, the things that we think we have to have every day without being connected to whether or not 
we still need those things, whether it's caffeine or whatever it might be. And so it was a wild ride. That's all I can say. Being a personal <laughs> chef in Los Angeles, it, it, it was no longer about me. You know, most chefs, and, and I tend to not have that, I am the chef. This is what I've created. <laughs> you all love what I've created. And this is how I created it. And, you know, chefs, Bow down to me. <laughs> yes, yeah. All of that went out the window. It was like, okay, it's no longer about you. It's about what this client needs. And figuring out if we remove anti-inflammatory ingredients, or excuse me, inflammatory yeah. ingredients and replace them with, you know, some that are a little bit more soothing and, and see how that makes them feel. But again, the end result was always once they felt better, can they really look at themselves and mm. understand what got them there in the first place, you know? Um, wow. And I can relate to that, you know, as a chef as well. So It's incredible to think about because... It's so dynamic, isn't it? There's so many working parts to a human being. Sure. Um, and I think that's what I love about being connected with you um, is that this is another working part, that it is such a huge aspect of our life. We have to eat to survive. <laughs> and, yes. and we can't just get it. Sometimes I, I you know, I am... I, I have been known to think, oh, God, I just wish I didn't have to eat. I just wish I just wish I could just eat once a week and I'd be okay, right? Um, but that that only lasts momentarily because, of course, I am a human and I want all the stimulation and all the things that I get from eating and whether that's um, physical or whether that's emotional or whether it's even because I'm actually hungry, right, and I want to kind of fulfil that. But, yeah, I think about how many working dynamic parts there are of a human being as you were just describing that, um, you know, that you might have come in, it sounds like what I got is that, you know, originally the idea of being a chef was very food-based, um, mm-hmm. but but the closer you got in um, when leaning into those clients' lives, you could get a, a real sense of all the different aspects of them that were contributing to maybe why they were eating the diet they were until you arrived. Mm. Sure. That, that's a really good interpretation. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of sort of intimacy for lack of a, a better word. And, and I really honored that. And I think you, right. you have to be aware you're going into someone's home, you're preparing food for them. You're sort of, you know, dropping into their lives. And if they, on top of that, have some sort of illness going on, or they're trying to figure mm. out what's what's happening in their bodies, then, yeah. um, and I think that's why the sort of the spiritual aspect is so powerful for me, is just to just have awareness, to just be in the mm. moment, you know, maybe spiritual is a, is a, you know, a big word, it's a buzzword, I know that, but um, it, it certainly is a, a large part of um what I did as a chef, you know, I really think that mm. was there. You can't go into someone's home and, and again, bang pots and pans around and go, I'm going to make this souffle and you're mm. going to love it. Mm. So it, it becomes quickly more and more about, um, you know, can I be a component and bridge this gap between this person not being well and where they're going, you know, oh. and, and, and possibly healing along the way, or at least getting some clarity about yeah. what's going on for them. Maybe there was a component still from when I did care for my mother, that that sort of energy was still there. Um, mm. That door was open. So I thought, this is what you do for people. You have compassion and empathy. And if you can cook with that intention oh. of supporting them, then, I mean, that can only help on their road. Again, it's one oh. component, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly, uh, as I found out, a very deep, and powerful one, you know. Yeah, gosh. I, I'm sitting here. My heart is just burst wide open with everything you're saying. I, oh, I don't even know which bit to pick first because there's just so much goodness in there, so much goodness. Um, bridging the gap, I, I feel like, is so important. There is a huge gap often, especially when, you know, if somebody is experiencing a chronic illness um, and, you know, often, I mean, I work with clients that, that experience gut disorders, but it's interesting that there is a massive overlap between gut disorders and, and 
other um, chronic conditions, right? And so I think that most of the time there is dietary component. Um, And even if they don't have gut symptoms, there is a big dietary component um, because, of course, uh, we want to do things like reduce inflammation in the body, right? So diet is um, a massive tool we have at our disposal um, to help with that. But I think when people are chronically ill, there's already a gap. They already Mm -hmm. feel a disconnection, right, or a distance between them and the people around them and the world around them um, because life starts to get smaller, right, because the attention is focused inwards um, on having to kind of manage symptoms or or find out what's going on and and look after those symptoms and health and well-being and get answers. Um, And then, you know, food is just such a big part of um, our culture and society pretty much across the world, right? So it brings us together. It gives us so much more than just sustenance or nutrient. And so when diet is restricted, what I've come to understand in my clinic, I think that it's less so that I can't eat my favourite food anymore and more that I can't participate in the same way that I used to. I can't cook the same meals and eat the same meals as my family or I can't go out to dinners and lunches easily. And, you know, sometimes it's I just don't go out at all. I just avoid those situations because it's too distressing or it's too hard or it's embarrassing. I don't want to explain myself you know, to a waiter in front of, you know, the other guests at the table and that kind of thing. So it becomes really complex and complicated and that in itself causes an incredible amount of stress. Um, in my work, that's not Absolutely. what we want. Of course, in anyone's health, we don't want stress. Um, right. so, so this is where I see in my clinic um, that it gets quite difficult. And when, you know, clients are so invested in, in feeling better, in overcoming um, and resolving whatever's going on with their health. And, and so through that commitment, they go, okay, wow, that's the diet that's been prescribed to me. I'm deeply unhappy about this. And I am unhappy. There's, there's quite a lot of unhappy feelings that come with that, but they just kind of plug on through robotically And this is why I was so excited to be introduced to you because that's something that you change. You know, that's something that you have the capacity that you've kind of spent your career um, to facilitate differently, to still um, bring joy and happiness and togetherness even on a restricted diet. I'm so excited. Please tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All of what you're saying is, is true. It is social isolation that, that most people mm. feel when they have to, you know, shift some things and, and going out, even if it's just re- restricting like alcohol. Like sometimes that'll be a big one mm. for people, you know, like I can't drink right now because I'm reducing sugar or you know, it depends. Everyone's an individual. You know, yeah. I, I like to try to support clients to get to a place where what I call 80-20 or 70-30 that maybe yeah. on the weekend you can have one sort of clear spirit, you know, if you if it's about alcohol. Yeah. Um, but that, that that does tend to be a large part of what my clients go through as well, that, that sort of social gathering yes. and, and alcohol is almost always involved. So that's the only reason I mention it. But as far as food goes, it's interesting. We're going back to that sort of, it's almost like the modern day Buddha in a, in a way, you know, mm-hmm. we're not walking through um, forests and villages and sitting under trees. We're actually meeting at restaurants and pubs and we're all mm-hmm. gathering in these places. And so it's so glaringly um you know, you become the focus and most people Mm. don't want to be focused upon when they're just trying to eat a meal. At the same time, you have to sort of acknowledge this is, this is going on for me. And this is sort of part of the path. So I always encourage my clients to sort of embrace that and um, do some planning. The key word Mm. is planning ahead. You know, you're going to go to that restaurant. Can you have a peek at the menu and just say, you know what, this dish here would be perfect if they could just leave out X, Y, and Z, 
and just have that sort of in your pocket and Mm. not make a big deal about it. If you're not drinking, ask for a juice in a martini glass. A few minutes in, no one's going to really recognize you're just toasting and enjoying (laughs) enjoying the meal. But but food in general, I think that, um, you know, most of us have sort of our our work week sort of Mm. mapped out for us. And if we can eat that way most of the time, mm-hmm. then we can kind of play a little bit one or two days a week, but we have mm. to be careful. And again, it depends on what stage they are in. Yeah. There are so many things that like their elimination diets that doctors will say, Hey, I don't want you to have this for 21 days to see how you feel. Yep. And that is tough to go into a restaurant in an Italian mm. restaurant and say, I can't have gluten tonight. Um, <laughs> or dairy. Polenta, you know? yeah. <laughs> exactly, or dairy. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to go, I mean, there have been times I myself have eaten my meal before I go out and then I get something small and yes. just so that I can participate and not make sort of a big deal about it. But it is yeah. hard when it first happens. I won't, you know, deny mm. that for people. And you have to yeah. be compassionate that this is sort of life altering Mm. when you are changing how you eat and because you um you work kind of in conjunction with uh, doctors or practitioners who prescribe those diets don't you so um, kind of autoimmune protocols and SIBO diets and elimination diets and things and so um so I mean that, that just sounds like a blessing to me I mean I wish all those years ago when, you know, those were kind of thrust upon me um, that you were in my life, you know, so that I, that I had, um, yeah, exposure to that, that, that it wasn't so much that I was, you know, my life got really small and I was missing out on everything, but actually there are options here, you know, there's things that can be created that would be, um, yeah, relevant to not only my dietary needs, my health needs at that time, but also my wants, my likes, my desires, etc. So, if you if you were to start working with um, a new client, mm-hmm. say someone had been referred to you, or somehow you know, made it to you, and they said, "Oh, I've just been to see this functional doctor," and and they've put me on this diet and there's practically anything, yeah, this many. <laughs> um, and they're, you know, likely very unhappy or freaking out about it. Sure. What do you do then? Tell me what the process is. Yeah. Um, well, I, first of all, try to make it as normal as possible, you know. Um, mm. And I think part of the experience I've had as a chef is to be able to say to someone when they say, I can only have pecans, honey, and this, all the ingredients in this green side and the red side, I can't have. And it's like, um, is to try to inspire them. Hey, you know what? We can do a lot with very little. And when you start to eat in a whole food way, you realize that the less ingredients you have, as long as they're really good ingredients, Mm. you can play with them and, and create things, you know? And of course, you know, I'm saying that to the client to sort of, um, Again, support and inspire. Those are my mantras. Mm. How do I support and inspire? Um, I've had the experience of being, you know, told just that. I can eat macadamia nuts and a little bit of honey. Right. I, I don't know yeah. what that diet was. I think it was something related to SIBO. Yeah. And so I was so determined because the inner chef wants to please. And I thought <laughs> I'll grind these macadamia nuts up and add a little bit of honey and I'll cook them at a really low temperature and see what happens. Yeah. And we ended up making this beautiful little cookie that wow. was really great, good fat, good mm, protein, mm. Um, pinch of salt. So it sort of hit oh. all the, the taste buds, right? The sweet, oh. the salty, the fat, the unctuousness. And, um, and, and it was just uh, really exciting. You know, the client was happy with this little cookie. It didn't matter what was in it. It just mattered that it satisfied her. Mm. It didn't, didn't feel so, so she didn't feel deprivation. Do you know mm, what I mean? Like she was like, yes. oh, okay, I can have this and it's good. It's just about like, how do we make the best of this moment and get you through it? Mm-hmm. And hopefully walk away with some new ideas about how food can, you know, be creative. And, and can we um, look at food in the now moment? Like this might not be for, for forever, 
Mm -hmm. Um, But it also might be a new way that I embrace eating. You know, maybe Mm. food needs to change as I change. You know, maybe the way I'm feeling within my gut is is a message that is meant to get my attention and make these changes Mm. and shift into, you know, seeing my kitchen as more of, I always say a medicine cabinet, but, but even more of a, a creative space to play in and and Mm. experiment. Um, And it takes some of the pressure off of the me, what this is happening to me, you know, this sort of Mm. victim of like, what, why is this happening to me? And, and embracing more of the, uh, you know, the playful side of of food, you know, if we can sort of zoom out a little bit, if you will. I love that you choose the word play to play with food because it sounds, it does sound light. Like I have to admit, I've been on many an elimination diet um, in my life um, and I still don't have a, you know, a, a, a full kind of um, freedom on my diet. But um, mm. and so I'm aware that it it loses its play. It does, yes. you know, yeah. it does. It loses its fun. It loses its lightness. It becomes really serious yeah. and uneventful <laughs> and yeah lacking joy and just beige you know it just becomes this mechanical oh great well that's all I can eat so I'll just eat that and there's no flavors and textures and it's really boring and it doesn't inspire at all you know it doesn't kind of bring any enthusiasm so I love when you've described a couple of times now about you know playing with food it just has this lightness you know and fun to it and um, and that's again why I'm so excited, you know, to have come in contact with you because I, I can hedge a bet that there are many, many, many people out there that are thinking, "Wow, if I could, if I could have that again in my diet, you know, mm. or around food, or if if I don't even have to go through the horribleness of, you know, elimination diets." And, and, and I can get CC to help me and we can still play with food and we can still find things exciting. And, um, I mean, there's good health right there in the happiness and joy of it. I feel that in my own body. I already feel better. (laughs) Oh, true. Gosh, Mm. Michelle, you hit the the nail on the head. That is so true. It's, it's all in sort of how we look at it. it. It doesn't diminish the change and, and the, uh, the shock of, like you said, you know, Mm. this is this is big and it's not always fun and it Mm. does feel bland and uh some of those things um for sure but if we can if we can begin to kind of see it as 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 something that um this is for me versus it's happening to me you know maybe this Mm. is happening for me (laughs) wow i don't know i don't know and and you know just to speak on on real concrete sort of ideas you know um herbs Herbs are medicine. They can be played with over and over again. If you took a bunch of broccoli, excuse me, uh, parsley or a a bunch of basil Mm. and, you know, you threw it in your food processor with some toasted sunflower seeds and a little olive oil, a little lemon juice, Mm. you can take that sort of bowl of rice that you're relegated Mm. to eat for the next week (laughs) and fold in some of, you know, some of the, 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 the flavors and, 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 you know, yes. again, hit those taste buds and, and really make it satisfying without having it be this sort of one dimensional thing that you're being tortured to consume. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> and I, I've learned this over, pra- I mean, it took me a long time practicing and again, being forced to, if I'm in someone's kitchen and they're here, are the ingredients they can have, that was my job to play and experiment and come up with ideas. So I, I had mm. that pleasure. And now um, it's kind of fascinating that uh, that's what I'm doing is helping people to, mm. to skip all the, the difficulty of, of you know, <laughs> how does this happen? And just say, Oh, you know, I've got a recipe for that with, for those three ingredients that you're allowed to have. You know, one of the culprits I, I tend to work around is sugar because people always say, what's one thing I can do to you know sort of feel better help myself heal yeah and um, I always say just just look at sugar just sugar. really wow. just pay attention to it in your world and once you sort of do that and pull back the curtain a little bit yeah you start to again taste food and the elements and 
then wow. it starts to become that playful thing that, that I always talk about. Like, okay, let's taste this. Let's, can I get together with my partner and get into the kitchen and make dinner together? And these are all just ideas that I'm always focused on. Like, how do I make this more interesting, more fun for people when they are struggling with being handed, you know, a list of things they cannot have? Mm. How do we turn that around for them? And so as a food coach, that's, that's what I do. But it, it, a lot of it draws from the years of being a chef. So it's yes. a marriage of both. It's all food. It's, it's, it's such a good, anyway. such a good marriage. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good marriage. It's just a blessing. I mean, uh, I, it's possible, I think it is possible rather than it just being my view because of the field that I work in, that gut disorders and uh, chronic illness are increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I see it in, in my work, but I also see it in, you know, in other people who work in health and wellbeing and um, that, you know, they do really talk about how, um, you know, stress and chronic illness are just increasing constantly. I think we're living faster-paced lives. Um, I think we do actually have more stressors um, that we're contending with. Um, And we, you know, we've kind of moved away from the real basics Mm -hmm. um, of kind of living a wholesome, you know, life that's aligned with, maybe our human biology for starters, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, you know, just our our kind of needs, right? We're a lot, a lot, I try, I don't think I'm, I'm not going to put myself into this category because I've worked very hard to make sure I live a life that is aligned to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I kind of put the blinkers on to what everybody else is doing um, because what everybody else is doing is what they need to do, not what I need to do. And so it's about listening, right? So listening to, well, what are my genetics and what's, you know, what are my capacities and what makes sense in the world to me and what makes me happy and what makes me more stressed. And my job is to know that about myself. That's all I need to know, right? I just need to know that about myself. And then I respond to that effectively, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that hopefully, you know, move through life with as little kind of stress and strain on me as possible. Um, And, you know, I should say we can't avoid that altogether. Just we live a a human experience, so it's always going to happen. But we want to minimise, you know, and be able to have greater capacity in ourselves to bounce back, you know, when things happen like pandemics that we've got no control over, for example. So I think... um, but what I was saying is I think a lot of people are living beyond their capacities. That's what I see in my clients. Um, there's a lot of responsibilities in the world, a lot of things, that, a lot of balls that they're juggling and trying to keep up in the air at the same time. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, I think, very likely that, that that is a kind of societal idea that we must do this and we must be doing that and keeping on top of that and doing all that, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very hard to, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to, to kind of get off that ride, um, mm. to press the button and say, this is my stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm mm-hmm. getting off here. And I think what happens is that most people don't choose to press the button to get off but their body presses the button and that's when they end up with chronic illness it says i'm done i can't you've pushed me so hard i only have this human capacity and i can't do any more and right. that's when clients end up with me um, maybe you with you you know and through all the people that we work with um against their own <laughs> yeah. um kind of want but it is a pivotal point, hopefully, in their lives where we can help intervene. You know, we can help look at what's happened, um, you know, how they ended up there, but also more importantly, how do we get them out of there? How do we move forwards and how do we create a life that is one of wellness? And, you know, I think about how you describe that, you know, with with 
uh, diet. So, you know, coming back to eating whole foods, maybe this isn't temporary, but maybe the whole foods bit is, um, you, you know, that that's the permanent bit that yeah. it's actually about saying, well, you know, um, it's a good opportunity to see, you know, what you say in your on your website, which is great health begins in the kitchen because what we put in our bodies largely determines, um, you know, our body's capacity to function, right? So, again, you know, this is, this is where your work is just so brilliant, where you have just so much this gentle enthusiasm about you, you know, it is, it's, it's a real joyful light enthusiasm that just comes through in your talking about food and talking about people and talking about, you know, the environment and lives that they can live. And there's a real hopeful message in that, very hopeful, I think, and and a lot of hope when people are struggling with their health. That's what they need is hope. They need hope to know, wow, there's a way out of this and there's people that can help me do this, you know, that I don't have to get in the trenches on my own without any kind of instruction booklet and figure out how to do it. <laughs> that actually, you know, there's some people out here that are really invested in my happiness and my health and well-being that want to help me, right? Yes. And you're one of yeah. them. We're here for that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's such mm. an honour. It really is. Michelle, everything you're saying is so powerful to have that awareness with yourself. Mm. And I love that you, to just go back for a second, I love that you paused and said, I'm not going to put myself in that category mm. because you have, and I would imagine your experience as well has sharpened all of your awareness and mm. has made you even better, an even better therapist as a result, <laughs> I would imagine I, that that's what everybody wants, someone who completely yeah. and fully understands where they are. Mm. And uh, that's, the, I, you know, there's something about that, but having had to go through, you know, going through that is is obviously isolating and, and, and all of those things. But when you come out the other end of any experience and you can be better for it, um, that's what's just so powerful to, mm. to, uh, to me and the work that I've done. But I, I, it, it, there is something about someone who's experienced it themselves yes. that makes them sort of the better person to almost hold your hand through, through that experience. Um, You're right. It's such an intimate, innate understanding, isn't it, that, that you've, you've actually walked through yourself. Um, and and yeah. so it feels comforting, I think, when and it, it it's comforting, but it's 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 a it's an a validation of that person's experience. You have the capacity to truly empathize with them and make that connection. And I and I think you're right. It does it has my life has made me um, a better therapist for that reason. And and I can see how you know your your life and your career. Um, has got you to the place where you're at, where you have that same level of enthusiasm to um, to offer that gift, you know, to mm. others, to let them feel some of what you, I think, um, experience with food. That's yeah. such, such my hope. It's interesting. You know, when you look back at someone's journey, um, you know, my, my food experience really did begin at, at an early age when my mother became ill and I, you know, obviously in that moment, it was mm. devastating. It was just my only focus was to how do I um, keep her around longer? And if mm. food had that capacity, then I was, you know, that was my job. You know, I took that on. Yeah. And, um, you know, she had a longer life expectancy as a direct result of the food. Now, wow. um, Powerful. her lifestyle choices and all of that, you know, caused her to, to pass on uh, mm -hmm. eventually. And, and it was tough. It was a long road of all the things that I experienced, all the anxiety, all the um, healing that I did. Mm. I really did get to a place where I could understand that part of my life's work, the gift that she gave me in return was that awareness of, mm. of food and its power. And, and like you said, to be compassionate and empathetic 
while someone is <clears throat> not well? And how do we affect that with food? Yes. And so, you know, carrying that on and moving to Los Angeles and becoming a personal chef and just taking some of that with me, mm -hmm. um, it was there, sort of the residue of those experiences um, gave me the capacity to, to slow down and just be present. Because, wow. you know, like, like you said, life is, is coming at us all the time. Mm. And I think we know in the back of our minds, I do believe there's this little voice that says, you know, you got to slow down, you got to take better care. <laughs> but we, we push on, we push on. And the body is an amazing vessel. It will take so much crap from us. Yes, you know what I yes. mean? It'll <laughs> put up with so much until it can't anymore. Yeah. And so if we don't pay attention to the messages, then we find ourselves in these situations. And I do believe that that these these moments happen for us really get our attention and say okay come on mm. yeah. um and so like you said if you if if someone can kind of understand that and, and walk you through it a little bit especially with food um I, I just feel you know sort of honored and and it wasn't always like that though I always felt like I was um selling prevention do you know what I mean nobody wants I... to do something in case something might happen down the line. It's usually when people become ill that they start to really listen. You know, we're still human, as you said earlier. And uh, mm. I think the pace and the slowing down and um, taking a breath. Mm. I have this exercise someone told me about is just take a breath at every door you open in your day. Take a breath. Wow. That's all you can do, whether yes. it's Handle going out, the door handle on the car, the handle to the bathroom. Just take a breath and stop pushing so hard. Uh, I, oh, everything you're saying is, is deeply resonating with me personally, but also with my work. Uh, I mean, these are the messages that um, I feel a duty you know, to share, essentially, it, it does feel quite dutiful to me that, that it is a purpose of mine, you know, to get that information out there um, and hopefully to reach as many people as possible because I believe that that's where we are empowered, right, through awareness. So as long as we have some awareness, then we can start making different choices, um, taking different actions in our lives. Um, at the end of the day, um, each of us is 100% accountable, you know, for our lives, you know, for the choices that we make and the circumstances that we are in. And, um, and I don't think that that is uh, a statement that's designed to be shaming or, you know, full of guilt, but in fact that's one that's full of hope and empowerment because if we know that about ourselves that wow I am absolutely accountable for everything that happens to me then we have all the power to make those changes to live that life you yes. know we have full freedom around that whatever it is we've got full freedom around that um yes. diet you know is is one of those freedoms I think I mean um there will be situations in where people don't have the same um, resources um, that you and I might have and that, that others might have. Um, so maybe, you know, those kind of healthy choices um, or whole food, you know, choices are not as accessible. And from what I know about um, you know, food quality in the U.S. in particular Ooh. is that, mm -hmm. is that, you know, fast food, packaged food, processed food is unbelievably cheap. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't have, you know, the financial resources, then that's the food that you eat so that you can survive, so that you can feed yourself and your family. Right. You're right. If, if people don't have access, how do they change things? And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's something and, I'm, I'm focused on too. Yeah. And so how do you, I want to go back to kind of yeah, what does yeah. help look like exactly? You mentioned before that, you know, that you really, you know, you really want to acknowledge, you know, where they're at. Okay. Anything you take away from someone, they're just going to focus more on it. Right. So, yep. so then it becomes these really sort of what I call quarter turns, you know, like 
oh, wow, you have that. Can, can you do me a favor? Do you realize that, you know, just think about this for a minute. The body can only really process maybe 17, 18, 19 grams of sugar at the most in a day. Mm-hmm. Can you take out that yogurt with the fruit, whatever? Can, can you just turn it around and look at the, you know, the sugar in that? Oh, wow. 17 grams of sugar in this little yogurt. Oh, one. So wow. If that's all you ate in a day, that's all your body could really, really handle and process. So I try to drive home imagery of like, you know, what this body is doing. And then I ask them, you know, like sometimes they'll play along with me. They, they might go, Oh, look at all this bacon I got here. I bet you that's bad for me. And I'm like, actually no bacon. You know, what do you do with that bacon? Well, I make a sandwich. I'm like, okay, can we figure out a way to change that bread? Mm-hmm. And so you can still have the sandwich, but can we wrap it in a romaine leaf or mm-hmm. can we do it in a corn tortilla versus the, the mm. big fat slices of bread, you know, mm-hmm. like, can we meet them where they are and turn what they're eating into something that at least is a little bit more familiar? Mm. Um, because again, fat has been so demonized. So thank God we realize that now that, you know, do I tell people to have bacon buddies every day? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to throw out the bacon and you don't have to forego a cheeseburger if you're not having dairy, leave the cheese off and have them do a protein style. Mm. That's what's cool about the way eating is sort of changing a little bit for us. You know, we have more flexibility when we eat out and things like that. But back to the kitchen. Sorry, I digress. Oh. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, I bet the listeners can't see you, but, uh, you know, to describe you, it's great. You've, you've got this dreamy kind of look on your face and, <laughs> and and a, and a smile at the same time, and so I love the digressions. It's not a problem at all. I just I go along. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite passionate. Thank you. That's so funny that you yeah. noticed that. It's true, but I mean, food is is food is pleasure. It's passion. It's mm. it's so many things. So, but in general, um, I just do do quarter turns as much as possible. Hey, you know what, this stuff, like there's a really great alternative to this particular uh, cracker, for, for example, that you're eating. Right. And, and it has whole grains and it has this and that, a little less of the white flour. And, and mm. you know, because that's pure sugar. When that goes into your system, that's right. part of why you feel like you need a nap twice a day is mm. these crackers. Why don't we try this brand or that brand or this and if we're feeling ambitious and they have the time, we can get some chickpea flour and a little bit of water and roll it out and throw some sesame seeds, salt and pepper and all these mm. beautiful little spices, throw it in the oven and break it up. And you've got your own crackers, you know? Wow. So there's different levels and you meet people where they are. And that's, that's, what's interesting. I've never been able to create a cookie cutter, you know, sort of yes. uh, idea. And I never would want to either because everyone's different. And, uh, and most people, again, if you keep it light and you just say, okay, can we just for now try this mm-hmm. brand or try this yeah. and see how you feel? Can we take um, the oatmeal away from breakfast and instead do a scrambled egg with some chopped greens and some fresh herbs and that little pesto that you made with the uh, arugula mm. and the basil, let's mm. swirl some of that into the egg mixture and Mm. And have you have that. And if you really miss, you know, sort of the carby thing, we can fold it into a a burrito, make a breakfast burrito for you. Mm. You know, like just sort of driving home. How we start our day is how how it really, you know, it's so impactful. Right. If you started with sugar versus protein, you're going to have a completely different experience. So I I start with breakfast as funny enough. And so all of those little things are. um, it's what we do most of the time that matters, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I say that a lot because it's true. And, you know, if I say to someone, if all you did was, was change what you have for breakfast for a week, you're going to feel differently. You're going to feel uh-huh. those few hours of when you had that great energy mm-hmm. up until the moment you maybe grabbed the ice cream at the end of the day and did whatever you did. But mm-hmm. if we have some evidence as to how you felt, when you did only this, even mm. for a half a day, then the half a day becomes, oh, well, maybe I won't have the ice cream. Maybe I'll have a more sensible dinner. And then before you know it, you've got a few days where you're feeling better. Mm. And you're like, wow, all I did was just change what I ate. 
and, yeah, and I'm, I'm first getting thing. great results. You know, and if we have chronic illness, that becomes imperative, top priority, top priority. And we're so distracted when mm. we don't have some sort of protein first thing. You, you're, mm. you are, you're thinking about the next, I find myself snacking and kind of meandering yep. in the kitchen. I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, I, I do it too, you know, even as a coach. So, yep. um, and sugar is really powerful as, as much as I'd like to say, I have this, you know, sort of power over it. It, it, um, it's distracting. Even if mm. you know, like you said, you have the awareness that it, I'm not going to have it for you know the next six, day, six days. I'm going to have it on the seventh day or whatever it is. It's still, mm. um, it's in the background. You know, mm. uh, a yep. friend of mine picked up a packet of English biscuits, and we hadn't seen them in a while. And I was like, oh, don't don't bring those around me. You know, <laughs> you know, not that I, I mean, you know, I can control myself, but the fact that I know, so I, I, I think she she left them in the car. And so I put them in the glove box. I'll leave them there. And I went home. Of course, I'm sitting at my computer, like uh, just a few, just outside in the yeah. glove box. I just have two. I just get two. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's, it's something you start and you can't stop. And I, I know that's, that's a really difficult thing for most people. It's, they want that treat, right? What, yep. what really, what is a treat? And we could, we could talk about that aspect uh, all day long about you know um is it a treat is it good for us is it you know so th- there's that gentle thing that and everyone's different you know and, and it depends on how much sugar you really have in your life right now at this moment yeah and and if and if we can look at how we feel too right I mean how I often just drive home the idea of how do you feel when you eat that thing <laughs> that cake that pastry that um, how do you feel physically? You know, mm, let's mm. get to that part. And uh, anyway, yeah, you get to a place where you're just tired of feeling that that up and down, that crash, that exhaustion, and having yeah. your body work so hard to compensate is uh, so catching it before we become ill from it, if we can. Yeah, I agree because those days that I do end up on that fast-moving train of carbohydrate or sugar. Oh, I hate myself. I really, I do not like the version of who I become. I hate the fact that I am distracted, as you say, that I find myself standing in front of the pantry for the 47th time only to realise that all I have is whole foods and that there is nothing in there that's going to, you know, that's going to kind of satisfy what I want, right? And, you know, and that's like, it's just, it's like I'm in in some kind of zombie state, you know, that, there I am again at the pantry, at the fridge, and I've forgotten that the 46 times before that I went there, there was nothing, <laughs> but I'm still looking for something. Yes. Um, and I'm hoping that that, you know, cauliflower has turned into something that's going to satisfy that sweetness, but it doesn't. It and doesn't turn into ice cream. doesn't, no. Uh, and I just, and I, and I recognise, and this, what, this is actually what kicks me out of it, is that I really don't like the version of myself that I become. I really dislike it. And I really mm. dislike that that I find it very difficult to emotionally and physically resist, you know, wanting to eat more of that sugar or carbohydrate um, and that internal battle, you know, that happens for me. And so, and then, you know, and then I find I get moody, um, and I don't like that about myself. And so that's where it comes back to. And I and I really go, A, I don't like feeling like this physically. B, I don't feel like I don't like this emotional feeling, you know, or the brain fog or whatever kind of comes from feeling like that. And, and that's what um, <laughs> inspires me, I suppose, you know, to go back to just to, to eating my kind of, you know, regular, regular diet because, I like the person that I am when I eat my whole food diet. And that's the most important bit for me. I like the way I am. I like who I am when I yeah. eat my whole food diet. Wow. I do. really powerful. Yeah. Okay. I'm just a better version of myself. 
Like who doesn't want to be the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, it yeah. just feels great to be a really great yeah. version of myself. So it it's good motivation, you know, to do that. And, and so, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, if people have been eating um, a processed diet for their whole lives, then they likely don't even have the contrast. There, there's no experience of actually I can feel differently. And it might be little things, but but in demonstrating who you are and being who you are, you know, and, and the way that you eat and the way you revere how you feel as a result of the way you eat is um, there's there's a butterfly effect. People see it and then they're mm. more likely to maybe try it. So you become the example. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons I get so excited about the work you're doing is because it came, it was born out of a necessity Mm. of something you wish you had had when you yes. were going through your experience and now you're like this you you are the arrow that you're shooting forward <laughs> you know you become you become this 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 vessel that you uh that you sort of share with other people and affect their lives mm. and uh it, it I'm glad we I'm so happy we've had this this conversation because it's it's true that it's it's not an easy fix necessarily, but it's certainly one that you know will you'll benefit mm. from the results. You know, you yes. know that as a result, you're going to be a better person and a better, more centered, clear, probably mm. have less arguments, probably sleep mm. better, probably just look at the world a little bit better and maybe mm. have more energy for activities and interests and be doing more before you know it. And you're like, well, wait a minute, okay, this is these benefits are really amazing as a result of just simply not eating that thing yes (laughs) yeah yeah and that's I think that's a really valid point that you're making is that it's not about um you know elimination diets um are not so much about restricting um but instead really about um creating health creating well-being you Mm -hmm. know um which which offers so much more for life in general, you know, for your experience of, of life in general. And um, I think that's a great message to really drive home is that, you know, whenever there is, um, you know, a prescription for any kind of um, diet that is is going to help you for your health, that that if it can be seen as, possibility you know and as um energy and health and well-being and goodness not what I can't have but oh what's actually available for me sure um there's a lot more excitement I think in that Mm. yeah well that's a great that's a great point what's on the other side of this for me you know Mm. Mm. Am I being deprived or or am or my eyes being opened? Is my you know. Wow. I don't know. I love that. I love that. Let's stay with that. Am I being deprived or am my eyes being opened? Oh my God. Cece, you are a gift. You are Ooh, such Michelle. a gift. Oh, you know, it's oh, so the incredible. Thank you so much, you know, for this is a conversation. We we organise this as a conversation, you know, so that, you know, we can really spread the word, I guess, to more people yes. to, to give this information out there, you know, to others, I think is really a duty that we have um, to, yes. to not withhold, right, very important mm-hmm. things. Um, and so providing it all to, you know, to anybody who is out there searching, um, who's feeling helpless or lost um, or is needing some guidance, um, then hopefully we can reach them. And furthermore, I don't mind if, if anyone out there wants to reach out. I, you know, I'm here, you know, mm. if folks want to ask questions about food or have, have questions or need some direction in that vein um i'm always open as best i can to help out because i'm going to put all of your contact details 
in the show notes. Um, but of course, if people just want to even plug your details in now, they can find you at wellrestored.com, right? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. Oh, thank you, Cece. It's just Michelle. been so incredible to connect. <laughs> oh my God. This has lit me up tremendously. <laughs> you, you are an angel. I'm so happy. I'm so happy we've connected. Thank you very much. This was wonderful. You're welcome. My goodness, I'm still beaming from that conversation. I think Cece and I have a lot more to talk about and to possibly share with you. But for now, I just wanted to get on and share some of her contact details with you. So you can find Cece at wellrestored.com and also on Instagram at well underscore restored or you can type in Cece Consalvo and you'll find her there. Please reach out to Cece. She's very warm, very welcoming, very willing to have a conversation and see how she can work with you to bring that joy back. And if you loved this episode or any of the other episodes or any of my other work, then get on and punch in a review. Easy done. Just type it in. Put your stars, do whatever you need to do. Let me know, um, you know, how it affected you, what it means to you, um, how it's changing your life, hopefully, because that's why I'm here. Um, And as Glennon Doyle says, if you don't like it, don't worry, don't put a review.